Welcome to the How To Wedding Podcast, the wedding guide with nothing to hide. Hi, I'm your host, Paul Santiago, and I'm the owner of Bafo Video, a wedding videography company in Orange County, California. We've been in business for 10 years now and filmed at almost all of the hottest venues here. I'm also the host of the Wedding Bossness Podcast, and now this. Southern California is the wedding capital of the world. It is the epicenter of wedding style and trends. We have the most picturesque venues, the most amazing food, and world-class wedding vendors that combine to create the most stunning weddings ever published. That is how this podcast was born. Not only do we show you around our area, we're giving you real, honest, insider info along the way. Always trust the locals, right? We talk to the most influential people in the wedding industry, the killers of the game, the legends and the wisest to show us the ways of creating and planning weddings, particularly in Southern California. Wedding planning, especially if it's your first time, can feel like you're heading into the great unknown. There's so many resources, but they're mostly generalized or they're out of touch, right? That's why every week we're talking to a new guide to at least give you helpful tips to make your planning a little bit easier. When we come back, Ilana Rubin of Perfect the Event is here and we're talking about allocating time in your wedding timeline to be able to capture everything properly. Let's face it, you don't want to be lost in the woods with someone who grew up in the city, right? How to Wedding is coming right up because just like what we always say, if we're getting lost... Thanks for being on the show. Yeah, thanks, Paul, for uh, having me come on here as a planner. I know we've had some chats in the past about marketing and stuff, so I'm pretty excited to talk more wedding-related and about what both of us kind of do. Me too. And, you know, because we've we've known each other for so long, I'm really excited to talk to you about a lot of stuff. Not a lot of stuff, but a lot of informational things. Long enough. But don't not don't say like so long because then it puts an age on us. Oh, just, oh, you're right. Okay, the uh, a year. <laughs> no, you for a year. over a year, Paul. Okay, I like that. Mm-hmm. Okay, so before we start, I would love it if you tell the listeners and the viewers something about yourself that might surprise them about you. Um, something that would probably surprise people is uh. Well, there's actually quite a few things, but um, let's keep it interesting and kind of basic. I'll give you two. How about that? So one is I'm actually originally from the East Coast. Um, So I moved to California about five years ago, and I had to start literally from scratch and from the ground up. I knew nobody. I literally knew like nobody here. Um, So I started my business from the ground up by knowing zero people when I started it. So uh, kind of interesting on that one. And then something fun is uh, my dad's family is from Cuba. So we have a little bit of European and Spanish influence in my family. (laughs) That's so cool. Yeah, when I found out your, your, 
you always vacation in Miami. I'm like, my gosh, that's my favorite place. At least once a year, you got to get your fix. <laughs> oh, yeah. We're, we're looking into that this year. I'm so excited. Perfect. Okay. So now that we've uh, discovered something about you, I would love it if you tell them uh, how you got into the industry and what you're up to right now. Sure. So I've been in, we'll just say in the event industry for quite some time. Um, I think I'm going into like over nine years at this point. I'm not that old, but over nine years at this point. So I started off on the East Coast, as I mentioned. And when I first started off, I was dabbling in what we call large scale social events. So that's pretty much anything from like 2,000 people to 10,000 people. And I was doing trade shows, concerts, sporting events at arenas, basically producing them, marketing them, and then executing them as well um, with the company I was working for. And then I got into the wedding scene by working for a 75-acre property out in the East Coast as well. Uh, that role quickly also developed into director of sales and marketing. So I was marketing the property uh, for basically everything that we did there, whether it was the pool club, members, uh, other events, restaurant, uh, the marina that we had to, and then still booking weddings, executing them, and making sure that they go off without a hitch. When I moved out to California five years ago, I was working for Fairmont, um, which is a hotel line also owned by Swiss Hotels. So when I came out here, I was a catering sales manager, or CSM, what we say, just shorten a little bit of abbreviation. So I was a CSM for them. And I had a corporate market. So I kind of did like a little bit of everything under the sun um, from like giant parties to just like seminars or just doing board meetings for my people. So I kind of did a little bit of everything and had a ton of different types of clientele. And that's when I was like, look, like I've always wanted to start my own business. I was always that person like, what can I do next? Like, what can I start? And I was always super creative in that sense. And I was like, I love events. I've been in it for a long time now. I feel well-rounded. And that's when I literally quit my job full turkey and decided to start my business out here knowing zero people. Yeah, um, a little uh, risky, but I was willing to take the risk. And I just told myself, you know, what's the worst case scenario? I go get a job, like I go work at another hotel or I go work for a venue or property. Um, so that was always like in the back of my mind, but I was prepared. I did all my homework. I went to different site tours for venues um, and checked everything out. I even had a roster of like vendors that I found online that I was like, I love what they do. I want to reach out to them and uh, connect with them. So I kind of did all my homework and foundation before I even launched my business. And then when I launched my business, I was... I was ready to rock. So I had I had vendors on my side already. I was familiar with properties in the area, made myself knowledgeable, knowledge is power. And then when I launched, I basically just started uh, to be frank, like grass, we'll call it grassroots. So anything from bridal shows to just networking to just trying to figure out, you know, who's who and then getting my clients that way. So everything was really underground at first. And now I've been fortunate that everything is referral based. I'm fortunate that you're here because you you know you've you've been considered at least I I have considered you a rising star if not a star already in the industry and because of your um because of your modern in, your weddings are like instant modern classic and it's being in California being in SoCal it's so rare to see that now which is weird because you know everyone's trying to go in a different route and your weddings that you post are just all modern instant classics, right? I was wondering, 
um, of course, it took you a long time to get to that style. But what are your inspirations? So some of my inspirations based on what we do is uh, I don't want to give you like the generic responses. I look at things in life and it inspires me. Um, yeah, I love to shop and I see things and I'm like, that looks awesome. Like that inspires me. I will say that I have always been a very um, imaginative individual. So I actually, fun fact, not to like, it's on topic. So I'm going to go with this. Um, I started off when I was in college, I actually went for a graphic design uh, BA. And then I changed over to business management. So I was going to get my bachelor's in graphic design because I love art. Like my mom was, well, she still is, but my mom was an artist. Uh, my brother dabbled in graphic design. And ever since I was little, like I've just always loved art. I've always done art classes. And then uh, the computer side just like really latched on to me. So I've always kind of like drawn inspiration from being um, a creative individual in my own head. And I think of something. And so if I see something when I'm out, whether it's just architecture, uh, walking around in home goods, I mean, literally anything and then just taking that piece, but then flipping it and creating it into something else, but also having my clients in mind. Um, I feel like I'm constantly out. And when I am out, I'm just always thinking about our couples or clients and my work. So whether that's a healthy obsession or not, but I am. So when I'm out, I'm like, oh my gosh, that would, that's really cool. What can I do with that? That looks great. Um, so I will say yes from like every day. That's a generic answer. But the real underlying is I've just always had kind of an imaginative mind. So for me, it's like, okay, I think this would be cool. And this looks good together. And then anytime I have my inspiration, I like to map that out. So that way I can see what it looks like together. And if it flows cohesively. So um, kind of generic answer, Paul. But uh, Actually, no, because... You the whenever I work with you, the couples that you have share the same taste, share yeah. the same and they, personality. And they have very similar personality traits. I mean, I've been fortunate that they've all been, you know, really nice. They like to party, like they like to have a good time. They're they're good humans. Like they're genuinely good good people. But they all have like their own little and they all like, you know, a little bit more modern. I call it the organic glam whatever you want to call it like it's still like kind of organic but it's not it's definitely not boho but it's definitely glamorous but it's not like just balls of stuff um so they definitely have that appeal but then they all have their own personality i mean i, I even posted the other day i blogged one of my uh, weddings and it was you know a white color themed wedding and the first thing every couple asked me when they want like an all white neutral palette is well isn't it gonna look like everyone else's and i'm like no Definitely, like totally not. So I try to like keep them in mind, keep the property in mind, and then say, okay, like what can we do to make it them and their personality? So I try to keep everybody in mind. Wasn't that uh, the wedding we did together, Kylie? It was. Okay, yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it was our Oak um, Hill wedding we just did uh, this past not too long ago, a couple months ago. Yeah. Um, so I just blogged that kind of slacking on my blogs when it comes to highlighting but uh i posted that and yeah it was like one of those where it's like hey you know we want like a neutral palette wedding like all white like is it gonna make sense for what we are and it's like, absolutely like we're gonna make it different and we did so yeah it, it, i i feel like the your difference from other planners is that you bring out the personality of the couple but at the mm -hmm. same time you preserve that taste that they have 
which it looks it looks great on photos and video. <laughs> yeah, like I have, I I mean, I definitely have my own taste, and I'm very transparent. Like especially in initial meetings, it's like you know here's the presentation you've seen what I've done online like this is what I do and I still incorporate them but I definitely have a feel like if, if someone ever came up to me and was like oh I want to have um you know more of a bohemian wedding and or I want to have more of this like desert rustic vibes like not your girl so and that's fine and I think people understand that now based on what I translate online so yeah I think it's important it's important to say no if you can't do it right yeah. if that's not yeah. your specialty i like that <laughs> yeah that's it's being honest because a lot of people especially now that the market is saturated like every single industry is saturated every single category people oh, yeah, just say sure. yes like uh, I, I was talking I mean, to so expensive out here and it's like how how are you going to start a business like it's expensive so i mean it's expensive for the couple and it's expensive for vendors so i'm like how's this so saturated but but it is it really it is. is i can't believe how saturated it is but it's good i guess it's good for competition <laughs> <laughs> so okay now i want to ask you since you attract all these couples mm -hmm. how do they find you how do you do how do you know do you know how they find you or is it like uh Yeah, so most of them are referral based. Um, I will say 90% are venue. Okay, maybe not 90%, but like 80% are venue uh, referrals. And then there's like a good 15%, um, 10% that are other vendor or past client referrals. And then that last 10% is. Um, organically, whether it's Instagram, um, I am on the knot and I know people feel indifferent about it, but you know what? I get leads from it and all it takes is one booking for me and I easily made up what it costs for the year. So, um, organic is used to be actually much bigger percentage for me, but now it's been, um, predominantly referrals. I mean, as long as it works for you, right? Yep. And, it uh, works yeah, for me, so... Yeah, it works for us too, so I can't complain. <laughs> I will say, okay, so not to like totally unrelated to our conversation, um, but the not just a little tip out there for anybody kind of uh, listening or watching, um, I kind of like segued it my own way. So like most people, this is what they would do. You get an inquiry on like the not wedding wire, whatever you advertise on, you get an inquiry and then you respond like, hey, let's set up a phone call or like, hey, here's my packages. No, I've like totally bypassed all that. And I actually just have, I hate templates. FYI, I hate email templates because I like being personal, but I do have a template for my not. Um, so every time I get like an inquiry, instead I send them this template that basically says like, hello, congratulations. Thank you so much. Um, we'd love to get, uh, we'd love to get a little bit more information about you so we can schedule an initial meeting with the owner of the company. Um, so that way we can create something custom for you and get to know each other better. Please visit our link and fill out our contact form. And I send that and I make them like, I will, like, I will not follow up with anybody on the not if they do not go and fill out my contact form. Like my contact form, like I direct them automatically to my website. I don't even communicate through the not. I just use it as, um, like a referral lead source. So my little tip, and it's been working because people who are not, not serious, obviously don't fill out my contact form. And people who are very serious do, and then I get more information, and I can scale it from there. And half the time, I feel like the information I get from their not accounts is like not accurate anyway. They put in like a Thursday wedding, and they're like, "No, I'm getting married Saturday." Like two months later, I'm like, 
okay, like that's not what you put on there. So that's fine. So I always direct them to my contact form and then that's how I source them. And then I just put in like, oh, they found me on the knot. And like, that's how I track where the lead came from. Okay. That's a pretty, that's a really good point bringing up that template thing because mm -hmm. we don't like template inquiries either. Right. Just so the couples who are listening and watching, we don't like template like they we get an email saying what what how much do you charge what are your packages we want to know more about you we want to you know this is a small business it's we're doing this because we're passionate and we love what we do so right. it's not something that hey how much do you charge you know so it's like oh how much do you charge oh that's it done it's like whoa, whoa. like let's make sure like we're compatible and like everything works out because this is a relationship we're about to go in so like let's make sure it's a good ride while we're riding so like it's like let's make sure it's a good it's a good time um oh, yeah for sure and it's a good hit. <laughs> so, yeah. so okay now now that we're getting into the the meat of what we're talking about since mm -hmm. you've had a lot of weddings under your belt already and you've pretty much seen everything and dealt with most of it what are the common mistakes that you see couples make in their process of planning their wedding that is um, a fabulous question so uh i have my personal business model has evolved um over time but i will say that based on my experience in the past and even some currently um, when it comes to a planner who is not your full service planner, I feel like they definitely see a lot more mistakes than if I were to come in from day one. So, and I say that meaning even like, Hey, I booked a venue and I have nothing else. And now I need you to come in and like finish it. Um, looking at contracts and, when I say contracts, I'm not a lawyer, but like looking at it and being like, okay, like what concessions did you get? you know, with your venue, I've worked venue side for so many years. So it's like, I don't want to nickel and dime for things, but realistically it's like, Hey, like if you already have those Shivari chairs in house and you're trying to charge somebody for more, you know, to just upgrade them, but they're already in house. Uh, maybe that's something you should ask for in your contract before you contract it. Um, which, cause you can't go backwards or things like booking other vendors and not realizing, um, Oh, for example, I'm going to use uh, mu musicians. So there's a lot of times and there's a lot of factors that go into, you know, ceremony, cocktail, or reception. And then you have to think about all your traditions that you're doing. So if you book, you know, a DJ for maybe just like your reception or a cocktail hour in reception, okay, who's doing your ceremony? Did you book the proper amount for ceremony? What about the power that they need? Um, there are certain things that like I just don't expect couples to know um, whether that means like if you booked a band, do they need a power drop? Did you even find out how much the power drop is from the venue before you contracted? And does AV even know you're having that? So space is also a huge one that I feel like couples do not realize um, because even coming from venue side, when I would tour people mo and all the venues we work at do a great job at this. So I haven't had, I mean, I've had some in the past, but now uh -uh, we're good. Um, but I would tour and be like, hey, so just so you know, like our max capacity is 250, but with a dance floor and a band, you're probably at like 200. So, and I, and in the past, like I found that that's not always communicated. It's just, and it's, and it, or it might be, but the couple just looks at the max capacity and goes, oh, we can do this. 
like no problem. Same thing with like food and beverage minimums. They're like, oh yeah, yeah, like that's all I have to spend. Or oh, I can invite that many people, I'm good. It's like no, 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 no. Like you have to remember, you have a dance floor. If you're having a DJ, if you're having a band, if you're having a buffet, like so many factors come into space alignment that I don't think everyone thinks about because they just don't know. Um, so those are a few things, and then probably the biggest one that I cannot stress enough is probably just thinking about time management in advance when booking. So there are obviously three vendors that come to mind when it comes about time um, that I feel like couples don't think about when contracting themselves without a planner. So one would be the band situation. Okay, most bands have a four hour kind of limit, whether it's their minimum or their maximum. Your reception might be four hours, but then again, what about your ceremony? What about your cocktail hour? You also can't move your band. Um, or what if you have a longer reception? What if you have a five-hour like window between when people are seated and the end of the dancing? Now you have to add another hour, and it's something you didn't think about because you're just like, I'm just going to book a band. Well, then what are you going to do? You're going to have a DJ at the end? Who's going to MC? Um, so much time management. And then for photo and video, I feel like that's a big one too. Couples see, like, I love this photographer. And then they're like, I have to have them. But I saw that their lowest package offers six hours. Six hours doesn't cover, like, anything. So, and same with video. Like, I, I know there's some that, like, will offer, like, lower packages, which makes sense for certain scenarios. But for the most part, like, an eight hours kind of standard. And then in other cases, you might need nine or ten. So I, I think like thinking about time in advance is, is very difficult for couples to do because they don't understand how a timeline works. And that's fine. They're not supposed to. That's, you know, our job. Um, but when they're booking on their own and they don't have a planner, the biggest mistake is contracting with a vendor they love for the wrong amount of time and then realizing they have to like fix it or pay more or do something later on. Yeah, that's a, that's a part that sucks is when couples approach us, they expect an eight-hour video. They expect a six-hour video. I'm like, uh, we, we're not shooting the entire time. It's, <laughs> yeah, it's like, you know, setting up in situations and everything like that. So I, I, I like that your your goal is time management because time is money, right? We always tell couples, if you're spending $50,000 on your wedding and it's a 10-hour wedding, every hour that you waste is $5,000. Correct. So, Correct. yeah, it, it sucks because they don't see that. And then when they when we tell them that, they're like, oh, yeah. And then they right. think like, oh, like six hours like is what I have from ceremony to reception end. You know, that's great. Like, so I only need video for those six hours or I only need them for, you know, maybe even eight hours. But if, if, you're, if you're getting ready, end time is like well in advance from your ceremony start time, you need – that footage, you know, or you need that to be captured. So that's more hours on the front end that you're going to need. And then you need to make sure you have some to the back end, especially if you're doing like an exit, like there's no like pause time. You don't get to be like, you know what? For those two hours we were dancing, we don't really need you, but we need you for the grand exit. No, like you have to pay for all of it. So, um, so I think like just making sure and, and, and everything takes time. And I don't think people understand that. Like my, the funniest thing that I hear is, wow, I have to start hair and makeup at what time? And I'm like, yeah, because it takes time. Like you have six people in your bridal party plus two moms plus yourself. Like 
it takes time and I need you to run by here because it's going to take you 30 minutes to get in your dress. And they're like, it won't take me 30 minutes. Like, I put it on in 10 minutes. I'm like, no, 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 no. Because when photo and video are there, it's going to be, okay, maid of honor, come over, pretend you're buttoning her up. Okay, now you stop. Now, mom, it's your turn. Okay, now pretend to put on your shoes, but don't really put them on yet. So everything takes time. Um, and I think that's something that definitely gets overlooked in the beginning, which you kind of have to think about in the beginning. It was just like preliminary and then obviously finalized as you get closer. Yeah, I think they p couples don't really see they they only see weddings when they hire a photo and video team. They only see weddings as like a photo shoot, but in reality, we're our job is to it's not editorial. It's more of like storytelling, right? So, for example, we need time for prep. Like when you said the mom needs to be there putting the shoes or buttoning you up, it's because we want to have that moment with mom because there's no mother and daughter dance, at least not all the time so that's right. mom's that's mom's moment you want to capture that too exactly exactly so i think like um time is definitely something that i see uh is probably the biggest mistake on the front end if we're not normal from the beginning um and then it ends up costing you both time and money in the later <laughs> so in yeah. the in the in the later in the later time i don't know where i was going with that i was like <laughs> right now um, we had a night just in case anyone wants to know. We had a birthday party last night, me and Paul. So anyway, but um so we have that super cute. Um but yeah, time is probably the biggest mistake I see couples make. So think about your time before you are booking your venue, your vendors, especially anyone who's involved with time, and then don't forget any overtime hours if you want that little after party all costs more too because then your staff needs to stay on longer and that's probably your planner maybe your photo definitely your music uh and then of course serving staff and banquet staff so um, things to keep in mind is time management i think the for me the the thing i'm grateful for is when we raised our prices we started working with higher tier vendors like you and it's yeah. more organized and the couple just always says, yes, we trust you and just do your thing. And I like that. I like that because not only is it their personality, but you it's our job to educate them that, yeah, it's you can, but we have to pay more, you know, stuff like that. Correct. Correct. And I think like even on our end with the like a planner relationship with photo and video, um, you know, making sure that we also allot time within your contracted hours for things like, hey, other vendors like florists and rentals, make sure the ballroom is set up 30 minutes before we even expect photo and video to get in here. Because if I waste any time of, oops, we're 20 minutes late, the ballroom is really not ready yet for you to come shoot before guests come in, that just all eats into your time that we could be using, you know, for the couple. So making sure that like everything's kind of, I want to call it like preset, not just for guests, but for photo and video. So it's even before guests like see anything. I want to make sure like everything's preset for photo and video to capture. So that way it's not eating into the time that the couple has contracted for and needs um, that shoot time for, for themselves. Okay. So now I wanted to talk to you about um, the reality of doing weddings in SoCal because this, this, this podcast, this blog is supposed to be for people who are getting married in California. And okay. 
from an honest perspective from vendors and especially us like photo and video because you know i, I want to make sure that couples know if it's going to be worth it or not and when right. it comes to doing weddings in socal there's an issue with a lot of things and it, i i guess we i wanted to ask you what what you want couples to know about the reality of having weddings here in California. But before you answer that, I really want to talk about the Facebook group that we started that is exclusively for couples who are planning their wedding. No wedding vendors allowed. Actually, there'll be a few hand-picked ones to moderate, but they're pros, so they won't be nasty. That way, you can really be honest and ask any question. We can talk about budgeting, venues, tips, tricks, recipes, you can even vent about your mom. No judgment. Only request is be nice to everybody. Our goal is to help you plan a wedding, not regret having one. All right? Just click on the group's link in the show notes and we'll hope to see you there. Now, what was your answer to my question? Um, well, I can kind of uh, understand the undertones of what you're dealing with here. <laughs> and that's uh, probably going to be budget. So because that's the hot topic. Every year. It's the same thing every year. I mean, I literally don't know when I'm not talking to somebody about real estate budgets in SoCal, whether it's a vendor, potential clients, like always about budget. Um, oh my gosh. So it's even funnier because somebody coming from, you know, like another state where I did weddings and then like coming here, everyone like automatically assumes like, oh, it's going to be the same. Um, yes and no. I mean, I, and also, so I should back up. So weddings in California are really expensive. Uh, we are basically the trendsetter for the rest of the country. So everyone always looks like all my friends still on the East coast or even, um, some of my Vegas vendors. We do weddings in Las Vegas. Just Oh, that's right. We do. So um, they all ask, like, what are you guys doing? What's the trends right now? Like, they're they're constantly, like, asking me when I see them or talk to them, like, what's happening here so that they can get ahead of the curve out there. So, or even my friends getting married, like, on the East Coast. They're always like, oh, my God, girl, I saw what you did. And, like, that's so pretty and so cool. I want to do that. I'm like, okay, well, save your pennies. So um, it just, everything adds up. And I think California definitely, obviously, it's one of the most expensive state here. So probably the only other two states that are very comparable in price point like to a t would probably be new york um and new york city let me be very uh explicit there not not the country you know new york not upstate new york and probably like even miami so like those two are extremely expensive and they have very similar brackets to us with that being said even though our las vegas which people always think is crazy that i say this Las Vegas market, yes, there is your drive-through. Absolutely, go pull a Sophie Turner, have a good time at a little chapel. But they're they're expensive. So anything that's also like isolated, like a desert, guess what? Those flowers come from LA, and those flowers from LA are expensive. Um, so I think people just need to realize, you know, that I my my it's not a famous line because I've heard it from someone else, so it's not my famous line, but. I've heard that basically the line is, you know, a wedding is a luxury and getting married is, you know, the action. So if you want to get married, that's easy to do. It doesn't cost you much. You know, you can have a beautiful little session at the courthouse. You can get married. Like it's a physical act. But having a wedding is a luxury. 
So not everyone can have a wedding. It's a luxury expense in your life, but it's also an investment. So if this is something that you, you know, you're like, this is one of the most important days of my life. I, I want to do it right. It's a, you have to look at it as like an investment to the start of your new chapter in life together. Um, so an investment always costs something. So I have no problem. Everybody knows I am an open book. And I'd be happy to talk numbers with everyone. Um, so here we go. So California, SoCal in particular, is extremely expensive. I would definitely say Orange County, LA, um, even some sectors of like Ventura County, if we're talking like Santa Barbara, Malibu, things like that. <clears throat> those are all very expensive. San Diego is still a pretty penny. So it's Palm Springs. But depending on the time of year, they can be a little slightly more cost effective. Just kind of depends. Again, time of year. Um, but speaking OC and LA strictly, since that's where we pretty much work the most, um, they're very expensive. So there's your uh, your your average market, there's your luxury market, there's your ultra luxury market. Um, I would say that probably a luxury market is uh, comparable to most of our couples, and a luxury market typically starts starts not costs starts Here we go. at a thousand dollars a person. And that's, yes, and that's, um, but that's like for everything. So that's like, you know, your floral, your video, your entertainment, your planner, your venue, your food costs. Um, it, it's normally around there. I think you can get away with maybe like $900 person. But realistically, if you're having a luxury wedding, you're starting at 1000 And then let's not even get into ultra luxury. That's like a whole different animal. That is, that's celebrity weddings. That's oil money. That's like crazy stuff. So that's a uh, very, very expensive weddings um, where I feel like a thousand dollars wouldn't even be close to what they would be spending. Um, and then of course your average is going to be beautiful weddings. Still an average cost of something a little bit more practical is going to be for food and beverage. Uh, there's something called plus plus, which I'll get into for a second, but uh, for food and beverage for an average price wedding, just to give you kind of the tier system. So let's just talk food and bev. So at a venue, so you're booking a venue, they have a caterer, maybe they have a preferred caterer and you pick them. Um, or they do catering in-house. So you're looking at about like a 150 to 250 mark per person for an average wedding after plus plus, depending on what you book. So obviously your lower end here could just be like a single uh, plated option meal. It could be a buffet. It could be just a beer and wine hosted bar. And um, your higher end, your 250 could be like maybe a plated meal with two options, maybe a liquor hosted bar for the uh, entire event. And when I say after plus plus, Plus, that means after tax and service charge, and that's something people don't think about because they get sent a menu, and it's maybe says like sixty five dollars a person, and then maybe like open bar is like forty dollars a person, so they're like, okay, like one hundred five, like that's not so bad. And I'm like, whoa, 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 but then there's a twenty two percent service charge, and then there is you know state tax, well county state tax technically because LA and OC are different, but you know there's there's a plus plus on top of that. So when all said and done, okay, now you're at like 150, you know, or now you're at like 200 and that's for an average price. And now if we're talking like the luxury, not ultra luxury, but like, well, actually ultra luxury would still start maybe I'm saying, you know, you could be anywhere between like a 350 to a $500 person price point for just food and beverage. So after your, so same thing, depending on what you're looking for and then what your um, expectations are. But I think those are kind of realistic 
numbers for just food and bev. I'm totally not going to get into photo, video, or vendors because I know some people will be butthurt if I do. So I'm like, not, I'm not going there. But let me just say, if you charge less than two thousand dollars, you should reconsider how you make a living. Um, but that's that's all I'm going with there because I could I couldn't even afford my rent at that point or to eat. Oh yeah. Um, I would I have to move home. So um. Yeah, that's like I tell everyone in my couples, I'm like, there there is when it comes to the world of vendors, there is a normal price point. There is also that luxury price point. And then there's like a good deal, like, hey, that's a great vendor and I don't know how you got that deal, but that's you know, you should book it. And then there's the oh my god, run as far away as you possibly can because that is the scariest price point I've ever heard for a band. Um so I think there's there's definitely, you know, the expectation of you get what you pay for and that does anything in life. So if you have um, certain expectations for, you know, your wedding, then you can you can kind of make anything happen. Like I'm not going to sit here and say because I know Paul and I said this earlier um, before we got on here. Oh, a twenty five thousand dollar wedding in Cal- SoCal is not doable. Oh, it's totally doable. It's just you know how many people are coming or doing it in your backyard? Do you have a taco cart coming? Ten so doable. yeah, so it's like <laughs> it is doable. Just what are those expectations? So again, expectations versus reality. Pinterest is your friend, not really your friend. So it's the same kind of thing when it comes to planning your wedding. And yes, Southern California is extremely expensive. So if you are considering having your wedding here, I would highly recommend doing your homework as much as possible first before you even talk to anyone. Like do not talk to your friends. Do not even talk to like family for advice unless it's about budget. But Start reaching out to venues, I would say, is number one. And just kind of ask them. Don't even ask for a menu or a food and beverage minimum. I would simply ask, hey, on average, how much do your weddings cost here for 100 people or 150 people? And they'll tell you. Or they'll tell you a price per person. That's the average price point. And then you can ask for an estimate based on your needs or book a planner. And then your planner will do all that research and homework for you and make sure that they're presenting you with correct and accurate estimates based on your needs and expectations. Oh my gosh. Is that good? Was that an okay answer? I don't know. That, I can't was, tell. Okay. that was great. I, I That's great. <laughs> so, <laughs> talking, I, don't, I don't know what comes out of my mouth. It's like word vomit because I just say what I think. It's great. So, anyway. Oh my gosh. Okay. So I want to back, backtrack a little bit because you okay, were saying ahead. that, you know, when it comes to, Hiring photographers and videographers. I, I just wanted to add that, you know, it's especially for you. If you, if the couple hires a photographer and a videographer who has no idea what they're doing or who gives subpar, we always tell the couples, you know, like when, when we have a couple who comes in here and they say, oh, the photographer, we already paid this much money to the photographer, so our videography budget isn't enough. We always tell them, you know what, just pay more for the photographer, like get more albums. Because if the photographer works alongside a videographer that's not good, they're just going to be in the photographer's way and it's going to ruin the photos. So save your money, just give it to the, the photographer, right? That's fair. And they end up booking us the same amount because they see the value. I hate that we have to like show them what the value is, but that's a thing. Like the... Whenever you arrange something and the photographer and the videographer don't give it justice, then right. it's kind of like all for nothing, right? It sucks because that's the only thing that they get to take home is photo and video. Yep. So 
But it's funny that you say that because I'm like the opposite. Like I, I don't even I don't have anything I can show them. I mean, I can show weddings that I've done in the past, but like, how does that justify my service abilities? So I almost like you know, almost swore in this one, so I didn't. But you, I almost get you know the bad end of the stick because for planners, you know it's really crucial to kind of have like an in-person or a video call meeting. So I think that way they can try to show you their process or at least connect with them because you have to trust them. We can't just show you an album and be like, Oh, this is how I edit my photos or Hey, I made this highlight video and don't you like how I do it? Like it's, it, there is no tangible product. Like I, even for like a musician, you have videos of yourself playing. Like, what am I supposed to do? I can't show them how I plan 365 days a year. Like I'm not going to, well, I could, I could have a camera crew come around with me and, you know, make like a little TV show out of it. But like, I, I I can't. So it's kind of, it's kind of hard on that. end when it comes to like the sales and like trusting side, but it's something that I really commend. I think anyone else is like trying to show their products because we do have a saturated market. So trying to make yourself stand out and justify like why you are equals to that photographer they book or why your videos are more professional than somebody else's, I think is still difficult to do. Um, I don't know where I was going with this, but all I was going to say is yes, I agree. And I, I even think like I'm in that same route where everyone's like, oh, my photos are the most important. Or sometimes I have couples who, thank goodness, listen to me. But it would be, oh, I don't know if I really need video. Like, I was really into photography, you know, and that's all I really care about. I'm like, I'm going to let you know right now, like, you are going to miss what was said in your toast or what was said for your vows. You're going to look at a photo and be like, why were we laughing so hard while that person was talking? Um, So I think video is equally as important as photo for that matter. Thank you. But I I want to say... That uh, I guess your point. Let me know if you're if I'm <laughs> nailing your point. <laughs> yeah. So you're saying that you're like a coach, right? At a basketball team, you don't mm-hmm. get enough credit. But in the end, if the team wins, then that's what's important, right? You you pick exactly. all of the you pick right. all of the players, right? Okay. So that's the thing. Like for me, I feel like as long as we the vendors get a really good experience with a planner the couples are just kind of like the couples your couples they value what you say they value it we say us as well and when we tell them if you want this quality then you should go with this vendor you know it kind of yeah. like that so i feel like for you it's the word of mouth that really brings out the you know not just for vendors also for the clients absolutely. yeah absolutely so, so now that we're talking about how amazing you do your you are at your job, and um, I'm pretty sure there's uh, there's couples out there that are already convinced to contact you. How how would they how would they find a wedding planner like you if they're not in California or you know how do they get to find a planner like you? That is uh, an interesting question. I think it still kind of goes back to like how we get our leads now. Um, I think the best way for somebody who does not, because we do a ton of weddings. I'm talking 80% of our couples do not live in Southern California. Like, that's how many. They're from the East Coast. They're from out of the country. Uh, they might just, 
I shouldn't categorize this as out of state, but they're from NorCal. I don't know. Like they're just not physically here to like do things. They're not here to like have meetings or maybe out here once a year and have to book everything while they're here. So I have a lot of couples who don't physically live here. And usually how they are able to research and find things is I, I do think having an online presence, not too bad to my marketing roots, but having an online presence, like even on things like the not, whether you're paying for or not, or like, I hate Yelp, so I'm not going to bring that up. I just think that's lies half the time. Um, but like a reputable wedding site, whether it's Wedding Wire for you or the not, like just to kind of validate that human, but then go and like look at their website. And maybe if you already booked your venue, finding out those venue recommendations, I think are important because they obviously, and I'm not talking about a vendor list. I'm talking about venue recommendations. What are the differences? We're on some, we're on some venue lists, some really great ones. And so like, I'm not knocking them by any means, but I will say asking your site rep personally, Hey, it's almost like if you were to ask me as your planner, Hey, uh, you know, I really want a planner and I've been, you know, looking at your list. I've been looking online and I'm just curious, like, who do you like to work with? And I think like asking a, a physical human as far as their recommendation, the referral says a lot more um, because yes, the reviews might validate who that person is, but it doesn't show who that person is. So even when I'm like looking for things that are not wedding related, whether it's like somewhere to get my nails done or like get my hair cut, like I would much rather have a referral from somebody that I trust and I know at this point than randomly like I'll go I'll still go on Yelp or I'll still go somewhere and like oh yeah they had good reviews that looks good but then I still want to hear from somebody that I personally know yes that's a great place you should go um so I think as far as couples who don't have a venue I think online is definitely a huge factor and then if you do really like that planner that you see online I would do your homework on them, on their other accounts. So whether that's their website itself, trying to get to know them, actually read their website. Don't just look at it um, so that you understand who they are. And then also, you know, try to do some homework on them. LinkedIn is something that people like don't think about with weddings because it's social. But I would totally creep somebody on LinkedIn because I think that is, yeah, creep, literally. Um, I think that is something that shows like your more professional resume portfolio. So if you want to really know about somebody's history, especially if they don't plan your wedding, like there's plenty of people who are like, I did my sister's baby shower and I think I just like want to be a wedding planner now. Okay, like maybe you should go on their LinkedIn and look at their resume and see how many years experience they have in, in this industry before you book them. You know, so I, I LinkedIn and things like that, like just, just creep them online. Like just be a little creepy for a little bit, find as much as you can as possible. And then if you have a venue, I would definitely, I would definitely take in the list to heart. And then on moving past that, going an extra step, I would physically ask your rep. That is your sales rep, your catering sales rep, you know, your manager, your service manager, ask them like, who do you personally like to work with? Like, can you send me some recommendations and just kind of, we get a lot of referrals from that too like even some places that i'm not on a list on like we get tons of referrals from the physical people who work there because we just we get along and maybe they just haven't updated their list yet you know so or whatever for whatever reason but we get a lot of referrals from um individuals so those are my two either do your homework and creep on people especially linkedin that's my little tip uh or to to make sure they're legit and then two if you do have a venue doesn't hurt to ask your venue rep because they're going to know who they like to work with. Amen. 
the you know the 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 key is the key is consistency right and sometimes reviews online are made by most of the time reviews online are made by people who got married once and you know the you don't really see the consistency they're always happy so asking other vendors about because we like if you ask us yeah for validations is even bigger because it's not even like the couple on the wedding day like only sees everything that happens on the front end and like we see everything that happens on the back end so i send like email recaps like to my couples and because i have a good relationship with them i i do not filter it so if it's a scenario where like maybe we just did event management which now we only do for our preferred venues. Um, but when we didn't and our couples would just book like random vendors I never heard of, like I would literally like put in the emails like, hey, just so you know, like my team caught the band drinking or like this happened. Um, I like just list everything out. And I think that builds into the bank of like, hey, you know, we would refer this person again. So we, we see a lot more than couples who are leaving reviews. So yeah, definitely vendor recommendations and referrals are probably more valid. Oh, beautiful. Okay. Uh, I'm glad we share the same sentiment. (laughs) (laughs) For sure, for sure. Okay, so now that, you know, just like what I said, I'm pretty sure the couples are convinced to at least contact you. you. Would you mind letting them know how to reach you and where to reach you at? Sure. Um, so if you like somebody who is extremely transparent, uh, since that's my East Coast hustle and me and my East Coast uh, side, um, someone who's really transparent is going to be a cheerleader for you at the same time, you can definitely check out our website. It is perfecttheevent.com. So essentially, it's going to be the word perfect, the word the, the word event altogether, but it's proper English, perfecttheevent.com. And on there, there is a contact form that you can reach out. And then on top of that, there's also my email listed there. So if you just want to email me directly, you're more than welcome to on our contact page. That is perfect. (laughs) That's right. So, okay. Now, you know, we've been working alongside each other for a a couple of years now. No, I'm just kidding. We've been working alongside each other for years now. And I've seen you reach this dream of yours in a very short amount of time like i'm blown away by how you've achieved this and it's because of your work ethic and your impeccable taste and i thank you for being that person in the industry that everyone can look at and you know just draw inspiration from (laughs) don't cry (laughs) it is short so like i just that's what's like kind of scary is i'm almost like Okay, I got to keep the momentum going. Like, what's happening? So, vendor side point, it's a little scary how fast things have. Uh, yeah, but so quickly. <laughs> that's with you. You keep it consistent. You keep your energy consistent, and it's just, you know, it. Everyone, everyone gravitates towards you because of that energy, and it's fall. That's the best. <laughs> you owe me lunch. <laughs> I do. Because those tacos last night, I oh guess didn't. God us because you know so we gotta go to the next spot okay so okay yeah that's it i thank you so much and i'll look forward to seeing you soon okay bye paul that's the interview and i hope you learned something today feel free to reach out to our guest if you have any questions by clicking on their link in the show notes this episode of the how to wedding podcast is done but be sure to hit subscribe to our podcast to keep you up to date.
share this to someone who'll need it, and join the Facebook group to keep the discussion going. See you next time, and don't forget, if we're going to get lost... <laughs>